Hi, and welcome to today's Florida Teachers. We are a group of teachers ranging from the ages of 30 to 60 with plenty of experience teaching in Florida's public schools. We'd like to share with you what it's like to teach in an education system that's currently on fire. So join us week after week as we explain to you all the crazy things that happen in Florida classrooms. Ladies, welcome and welcome listeners. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the podcast, Today's Florida Teacher, where we talk to you about crazy stuff that happens in the classrooms in Florida and the far-reaching effects that it's having on our state and anywhere you think about it. Um, I'm Tracy, Tracy O'Malley, and I have 20 years of experience. I've worked in middle school and high school equally. And uh, I've been in the same community those so 20 years. So I have some, uh, I have some stories. And with us today, we have uh, Miss Sarah Rodriguez. She's another one of our hostesses. Come on, Sarah, what do you got? I got, uh, I got, uh, I got 20 years for you. That's what I got for you. I got 20 years experience, uh, mostly in one county, a few years in another county, uh, and um, I teach reading basically to well, that's what uh, they call mo- all it. most yeah mostly you're right mostly uh, mostly I'm gonna just say all of it high school. Yep, yep. You've been in high school a long time, and we also mm-hmm. have with us today Miss Meredith Blake. Meredith, what's going on in your world? Hi. Um, no, not too much. Uh, just you know that I have like this a very similar background with you guys. Um, I've been doing this for 20 years in a variety of um, roles, actually. Yes, you have more experience, mm-hmm. not in years than the two of us, but in um, roles. Like you said, you've done a lot of stuff, which is yeah. great. Uh, good for you. Underbelly. Yeah, you've seen some stuff we don't want to know about <laughs> inside right. inside the district offices. Like yes. to us, the district offices are the scary place, and yep. you worked there, so and very gray. Uh, and I can't yeah. unsee these things. You can't unsee <laughs> them, right? And you know what? They're always going to reach out and try to get get you. Uh, you can't, it's like being in a gang or a cult. It's hard to get away. Uh, <laughs> I think we should move away from comparing a public education to a cult or a gang. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Um, We're going to end up on a Republicans there's commercial. There's too many similarities. It would take us all day to go through them all. So let's not. Um, okay. <laughs> that's all, all humor, ladies and gentlemen. Please do not reach out to me and yell at me for being disrespectful. Anyways, uh, so today we're going to start out with, we have kind of a follow-up to what we titled our last episode, The Name Game. And um, we have a listener out there. We have many, which is great. Thank you, everybody. But one of our listeners reached out and gave us some of the lowdown of what's happening in uh, her county. And she happens to be a Lee County teacher now. So she thought we were great and and all that stuff. And she brought up some information about the name game that we hadn't even thought of, because I guess Mm -hmm. we don't have the same sort of uh, demographics she has. She must have something different. So she did write to us and say that, um, what about the kids from Asian countries and the name game? Do you guys Mm -hmm. want to talk about that? What was she saying? Do you remember? 
I can pull up the um, information. Well, she was just sharing uh, that, you know, a lot of our students who, especially when they come from Asian countries, they, um, they assume Americanized names mm-hmm. and that's what they you know, typically prefer to go by when they're in school. And she was just explaining that she, she has a student who she cannot, um, you know, call the student his, his preferred American name because the student does not have the signed permission slip yet um, that gives them permission to do that. So she has to call him um, his, his given name on his birth certificate, which yeah. number one is going to be difficult for her to pronounce. And number mm-hmm. two, um, sometimes um, the names don't translate well when when we try to say them in English and um, and it can kind of create some um, disruptions in the class yeah and I hadn't thought of that because I I don't have that those kids in my class I've never had that so um, one of the things she said I just pulled up the message and she said um, I worry whether she, she says that I suddenly have students from different Asian countries that prefer, and then in parentheses she says, insist on Americanized wow. names. Oh, wow. She says, I worry whether I'm being culturally insensitive or mm-hmm. preventing assimilation now. So, Whoa. like that was a whole different perspective that we mm-hmm. hadn't thought about. And thanks to our listener who uh, gave us that information. That was awesome. Thank you. Uh, it's another way to look at it. We didn't even Absolutely. think about it that way. We were thinking of it mostly with the um, making fun of nicknames and, and of the transgender community. So mm-hmm. it does. It affects a lot of kids in a lot of places. Uh, anyone else want to kind of say anything and about s- that before? And school is one of those places that you want to feel like you fit in. I mean, if you, yeah, you want to feel like you fit in. Uh, I have a, a, an entire class of kids English is not their first language. Uh, and I I saw that message and I thought, I didn't even think about when the kid who's, whose name is Eduardo, he wants to be called Eddie. Like, okay, sure. That doesn't sound <laughs> offensive. I mean, and, for, and then you hear this, the idea that there's a form out there that the kid has to have signed. Yeah, it's like, insane. There's not enough space upstairs here that can... I'm like, all right, Eddie, sure, no problem. Yeah, they don't want me to respond all with emails because it takes up too much space. And now they're going to take up space with all these <laughs> fucking, these fucking <laughs> permission slips that go now go in the computer. It, it's like, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I agree with the re- respond all. Nobody should do that. Um, but anyways, it's just another thing that we yep. have to worry about because Florida made up a rule about something that shouldn't matter. Okay. I think it's deeper than that. I mean, I think that if we were to run the numbers and we don't have access to them, but I think if we were to run the numbers, we would find more ELL students, um, you know, who are coming from another country and who want to use an American, Americanized form of their name. We would have more of them than we would transgender kids who want to go by a different name. A thousand percent. You know, because, There's so few yeah. of them. Exactly. And so, again, we have solved, and I'm using, you know, air quotes here. We have solved a problem that didn't exist. Didn't exist. That's oh, wow. um, And then in the process, created a lot more. And then 
and it goes even beyond. Now we're talking about a group of students who, I mean, the people who are supporting these bills and who are championing them, these are the, also the same people who want our immigrants to be Americans. And <laughs> we have now, you know, now we, we're thrown a wrench into that process. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. And uh, it's probably happening in other states that we're not aware of. It could be. If any of our think, listeners out there are from other states, welcome. Welcome to I listening. And uh, let other, us know. No other state has a law that says you have to call <laughs> them by the name on their birth certificate. Oh, okay. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope. No, I hope you're wrong. You start seeing that I'm little saying. birth certificate icon. <laughs> yes, that will be the thing that that... that triggers you that yes you can call you can call or not veronica ronnie (laughs) on top of that now like think about this is one more thing that we're putting on teachers oh yeah yeah one more thing that you have to be aware of when you're in class and worried about and concerned that there'll be that one kid who said goes home and says you know she called me that name and my name's this name and i'll get arrested and yeah yeah Charge five thousand dollars, or is uh, that another law? I can't remember. That's another law. <laughs> we need to start a pool for how long this law is going to be in effect. Um, oh yeah, because this is so silly. It's so silly. Um, hopefully, it will go away. Uh, but we don't want to spend all our time on that. We're gonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wanted to follow up with a, a kind of an angle we didn't even think of, and it mm-hmm. you know it's it's great to see another perspective. Uh, this week we were going to talk about mm-hmm. another you know, Ronnie's rule that has, I guess it's a result of the don't say gay bill, which we did, you know, that uh, parents rights where we can't talk about gender and all that stuff, but there's all this other stuff in there. And this week we're going to talk about bathrooms. And you're Mm -hmm. like, wait, what, what about bathrooms? Well, about who can use which bathroom. So uh, does somebody else want to start on this one? Because I feel like I always do. Someone else could jump in. Do you still have the bill open? I have the bill open. Would you like me to read? I think we can start with that bill. Let's start with what that actually says. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's H bill, HB 1521. And it's the section is facility requirements based on specs. General bill. Okay. I don't have to read all that. That's just all the people. Uh, facility requirements based on sex provides requirements for exclusive use of restroom and changing facilities by gender. Prohibits willfully entering a restroom or changing facility designated for opposite sex and refusing to depart when asked to do so. Provides requirements for exclusive use of domestic violence centers by gender. Provides requirements for correctional institutions requires entities that receive state licenses to submit compliance documentation, authorizes the AG to bring enforcement action, provides exceptions for individuals born with certain genetically or biochemically verifiable disorders of sex development. Ooh, I think that was one sentence. That was one sentence as an English teacher. Now I'm going to go back and look at its grammar, like its punctuation and see how it did. No, anyways, uh, basically another attack on the LGBT community, clearly, because that's all it's talking about. There's no other question. Um, 
So, so what do you have to say, ladies? I think it's funny because you hear these things and I think it's like, you know, it's chatter, right? And you just kind of put it away. And then it, all of a sudden somebody's signing a bill that says, you know, this can't happen. Um, I'm fascinated, one, by the name. Uh, that they've named it the Safety in Private Spaces Act. Oh, mm-hmm. that's part of that act. Oh, okay. That's safe. That's safe. It's a little, cons- you know, it's SPSA. I don't know, just SIPA. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Another acronym we don't know. Exactly. And the uh, there's other conservative-leaning states like Iowa, Arkansas, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Tennessee that have enacted very similar types of laws. So, you know, this Ronnie has, he's... He's hanging on to those to those coattails like there's no tomorrow. Um, it's too bad we've wasted so much time in our legislation, and it's trickled down to a kid who who's got to be afraid of which bathroom he's going to go into. I'll be honest with you; I'm going to say that they probably aren't that afraid, but I'm not a 15 year old dressed as a girl who's really a boy. I don't know. Exactly. How uncomfortable for them. It's already a lot that they're handling. And we're worried about, do you match the little triangle or the straight legs? That's the problem. And again, um, you know, I can only speak to it how I, how I know it, like my experience. And I, I've had a few kids in our school who were transgender and I've never in our, in all the time that I do that, have I heard that there was an issue with bathrooms and I, right. I know that they were told <laughs> right. kids exactly. were, it was just kind of, it wasn't even like a rule. It was just like, Hey, if you're uncomfortable with that bathroom, just go to the clinic and that's okay. it. Fair. And that's all it was ever. Right. That's all it ever was. And that's what, how we, I don't know if those kids went to the clinic or did they go in their preferred bathroom, whatever. It was never an issue, right? So, I don't, I don't know. I, I think again, Florida is blowing up this thing. I've talked to teachers because I wanted to come here a little prepared. So I've talked to teachers this week, and I've talked to students this week about this situation, and we all say the same thing: like, who cares? It was never a thing. Why are we making it a thing? So I could tell you those stories, but I want to hear some something you guys have to say. Uh, Meredith, you always have great insight. Yeah, I don't know how much insight I have into this, but (laughs) um, this is the law that I'm probably most afraid of because I'm actually most likely to break this one. Mm -hmm. At a concert when you go to the boys' bathroom because the girls' bathrooms are crowded? I mean, maybe, but I mean, how many, I'm so grateful that, you know, in all the buildings I've been in that we have changed all of our single use restrooms to, you know, gender neutral, because I'm telling you, I am not afraid to go into whatever bathroom is open when I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I just don't think I should, you know, be at risk of a felony because I need to pee. Yes. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) That's so funny. It's not funny, but it's funny. But how many times have you been standing in line at like a restaurant and there's four women deep at the bathroom and nobody's in the men's room? Right. I jump in that men's room every time I have the opportunity. I'm not afraid. Anyways. Wait, so I, I this like... is this is really interesting. You mentioned uh, 
there's two things I was looking at this political article. I like them. They I think they write nice and clear and they make things interesting and blah 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 Who blah. Who is it? Uh Politico. Um okay. first thing, uh this bill really was an all encompassing bill. Like it was any public facility, right? Yeah, so right. It, does, it says here, before approving the legislation, lawmakers changed the bill Wednesday to specify who can ask someone to leave a restroom. Oh. For schools. Yeah, for schools, as an example, teachers, administrators, or school safety officers would have that authority. They don't mention anything else. Like bills is the um, schools is the only. Um, it requires places such as colleges and government offices to establish discipl disciplinary procedures <laughs> for Like I have such a hard oh time reading God. this for, for employees who use restrooms that don't align with their sex at birth. Can you imagine? Again, that's a, I'm telling you. The number of times that I have gone into a different restroom because that's what was available. Well, Meredith, I never even thought of that, Meredith, until you brought it up. And uh, you're right. I mean, I'm at risk for arrest everywhere I go now. Right. Oh and, we're not, and we're not talking just about schools. It's the fact that we're talking about any public building. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's the part that's frightening. Well, um, I'm going to tell you something a little interesting about what they've done at my school to combat this problem. Mm -hmm. So I will post these on our social media for any of our listeners who want to see them. But I have a picture of like the placard that goes outside the bathroom that says, you know, if it's a male or female bathroom or whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's the placard is the boy, the girl and the kid in the wheelchair. Okay. So that means anybody can go in this bathroom. It's a onesie, right? So our school, to keep us out of trouble, put a big piece of paper over that says restroom, single use only. And it has a picture of a wheelchair. Oh. So I don't know what's different, except for now I think only wheelchairs can go in that restroom. Because but that what sign I like, is confusing. What I like about that move, because I think it's a great idea. What I like about that move is it does show that despite all of the craziness in the state mm -hmm. that there in some pockets, there are still some reasonable minds who are doing what they can to do right by people without completely breaking the law. Well, well, well I, I, I think the districts and the, and the home depots and all the places that have bathrooms are, are just trying to get by. They don't give a shit either. Right. They and, just, and, it's funny that you and mentioned that. So, so before, even before this thing went into effect, right before they changed it, so it would excuse uh, restaurants, gas stations, which I thought was epic, and yeah. other businesses as it did previous. So it's really only for those those places that they can control. Are you out in the wind? Me? Yeah. Yeah. No. Unfortunately. Sorry. Oh, okay. I you are. Okay. Oh, oh, did you hear? I was like, <laughs> I know it's raining here, but I don't think it's raining that bad. Uh, and it's interesting to me that 
can you imagine if they had not made that change? It's already bad enough as it is, but you know, like you roll into a gas station and you know it, you got to go. Right. So right. if you're willing to stop there to go, you know you got right. Go. And it's a crapshoot either way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen when you open that door. Anyway, point is. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I decided I wanted to talk to people, and I talked to a couple of kids, and mm -hmm. I asked because I don't know this year if there, we have any transgender students. So I asked one of my kids and he said he thought there was one who's a 10th grader, um, but I should ask this other boy. So because the person he was referring to is in band and this kid's in the band. So I wanted to ask this kid, but I didn't want to ask him in front of all of his friends because he's one of those, I know I've told you girls about my um, group of big boys and they take up so much space and they're all bigger than me. Uh, he's one of them. <laughs> so I didn't want to ask him in front of all of the big boys because I didn't know what kind of reaction I would get to the question I was going to ask him. So I took him over to the side and I was like, hey, I understand there's a, a kid in your band who's transgender. And he goes, yeah. And I said, is that kid like, is there any trouble for that kid or any situations like with the bathroom or anything? And he was like, no. He's just looking at me like I'm crazy. And, <laughs> That's um, awesome. Uh, apparently it's a male to female student and I said okay so does she and he goes oh they go by they and I was like okay so like this kid's just like it's nothing to him mm -hmm. it doesn't matter mm -hmm. and I asked him about the bathroom thing like what do you how do you feel about this kid wanting it he goes nobody cares he goes let's go to the bathroom let's go to the bathroom so it's the grown-ups. It's yeah. not the children at our Once school again. that are giving us the problem. It's the grown-ups. So I was like, I was really excited about the answer that this kid gave me. And I just was so happy that he wasn't a douche. You know, like he wasn't going to be like, oh, that creep. You know what I mean? Because you don't know what these some of these kids would be thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he brought it up in front of all those big boys that I was worried about. They're like, oh, you talking about that kid in band? And everyone's like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, I've seen him or her. You know, it was nothing to anybody. It wasn't a big deal right. at all. So the, I don't know what that child does for the bathroom, but I imagine mm -hmm. what they always have done in our school. You just go to the clinic if you're uncomfortable. So right. that's what I have on restrooms for like my own experience. Um, and I had a transgender student a couple of years ago, uh, a boy named Aaron. And every time he asked to go to the restroom, I never wondered where he was going. <laughs> I never gave it any thought. Like exactly. to this day, I don't know if he went to the girls' room or the boys' room. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. So anyway, right, it's the bowl still looks like the bowl either way. It's yeah. So did we lose uh, Miss Meredith? Nope, I'm listening. Okay, she's good. She's good. Yeah. I was worried about you. Anyways, what do you think about that, Meredith? And, and I, I just think Sarah. it, again, goes back to what I said before, that it's, I, I love the fact that even though, you know, we're living in, you know, just this chaos um, that's created by these idiots in Tallahassee, that, um, you know, there are people looking for ways to make it work, you know, I mean... And, and I think to yeah. me that it's a bright, it's a very small, bright spot in all of this. Yeah, That's I think, awesome. like you said earlier, it. I don't know that. I think it's going to go away, like the whole thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely, um, it's going to go away. Yeah. 
All it's going to take is, you know, the right person getting arrested because, you know, it's they're in the wrong bathroom. Right. For some crazy emergency, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah, it'll it'll get fixed. Or it will take the right person being in the wrong bathroom, not being arrested. True. After somebody who's arrested for the same crime. So it's going to hopefully it'll play out to not matter, not be an issue anymore. And um, but I did want to tie up this this um, bathroom issue and it kind of ties into the name game. Um, so the student that I asked you. Uh, so I want to tie it in with this this name game. The student that I was talking to, his name is Filiberto. I've never had a student named Filiberto before. And I think it's a great name. And he came to me late for class one, one day this week with a pass and the teacher wrote Philly to class. Like, and I was like, wait, they call you Philly? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, can I call you Philly? Cause I think it's a great nickname. And then I was like, do I need to give you a permission slip to call you Philly? And he, <laughs> he laughed, he's like, what are you talking about? And these kids don't even know the rules. I said, oh, if I want to call you Philly, your mother has to give me permission. He's like, miss, call me Philly. Anyways, they're so funny. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So do we want to take a quick break before we go into our next little section? All right. I'm going to say at this moment, we are on a break. Hey, welcome back, ladies, and welcome back, listeners. We're coming back, and Miss Rodriguez is going to talk about something that caught her attention because all she does is pay attention to education stuff. Apparently, it sounds like <laughs> uh, it sounds like what do they call that? Your, uh, you know, when you tunnel vision stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> your algorithm, your algorithm, my algorithm, figures yes. you out as a nerdy yeah. uh, English teacher. So, anyways, go ahead. You wanted to bring up something that is also happening in the state of Florida uh, in education uh, that some of you might find interesting. So, go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I came across this. It came across my feed. It came across as a story about a mom who was pushing back on the textbook that they have uh they're going to meet in october to approve for the financial literacy class which has been buzzing around for a long time now that kids should have financial literacy when they get into high school why i don't know but whatever if it's uh, what I think it is, it should be a good thing. Teach you how to have a bank account and credit cards okay. and one hundred percent. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. We are talking about seventeen and eighteen year olds. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, and and I know I again it's something that we've mandated now with some intended outcome that it's just mm-hmm. not gonna happen that way. And then mm-hmm. we're gonna blame teachers again. So that's why I'm so animated about this topic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, thank what you for saying the... that because so so this is the topic. Okay, so as of this year, ninth graders coming into the schools this year have to have half a credit of financial literacy, whatever that looks like. So okay. they have standards. Da 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 da. Yep. Uh, anyway, so this I picked up on this. It is in Pasco County only. But I felt it was important to talk about like the tentacles that are just kind of far reaching in education. Mm -hmm. It's such an easy kind of, you know, hey, come on in. The door's wide open. (laughs) You can do whatever you want. Okay. Um, So they 
decided to use a textbook, which I did not know he wrote, if he did, uh, by Dave Ramsey, which if I'm not talking about anyone who's very obscure, let's put it that way. Okay, but however, He's, in case how, people out there listening don't know who Dave Ramsey is, let's Dave get Dave Ramsey a- is a... And how they they describe him, I say that he's some guy who has a a following because he gives advice about money. And people like to listen about advice about money. And he has very much... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I would describe him as a financial literacy coach. I mean, I think that's kind of the role that he plays. And you're right. People call into his show... Um, you know, and talk about like their financial situations. He's a big proponent of debt-free living and absolutely does not like for anyone to have a credit card or, you know, right. uh, to take on debt or, and so, yeah, I think financial literacy coach is a good description for what he does. I like that. I like that you okay. called him that. It sounds like sure. exactly what he'd want to be called. So somebody doing his thing. <laughs> it um, sounds very uh, nice. Yes. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, okay, financial literacy coach. So he has a huge following. He has a huge company. He is worth millions and millions of dollars. Um, and I did not realize that he has a textbook that he has put out. Now, Pasco is the only county in Florida that is accepted. This is how crazy we are. Has accepted his textbook for a class that's about to expire. Okay. Okay. Wait. So, right. What? Wait. Wait. So, say that again, because I'm sorry, I was distracted. I was no problem. Up his network. Anyways, his um, his list, his book was at one time on the not acceptable Florida list of books to use okay. in classrooms. It was okay. to be okay. burned. No, not that way. It was just. <laughs> it was very kind of loosey goosey. You know how we feel about our standards. We love them. Yes. Okay. So they had spun this to say that he his textbook did not follow the standards, but they had done something to correct it. Okay. But the point is, is that how they describe him, and I think how I think of him, is they describe Ramsey as an evangelical Christian. Is so he? That's not a term that you, that you zip around like, you know, a brunette. Okay, that is, is he, though. Yes. I don't know who he is. Um, yes. I don't know if he's evangelical. He's definitely Christian. I don't know if he's evangelical. Okay. Well, in this article, and how I I have a friend whose husband listens to Dave Ramsey when they're on their walks because that's what he listens to on his air AirPods instead yeah. of listening to his wife. He's listening to the buckets like, "Where do you put shit?" Money. And it's Dave Ramsey. Okay. Okay. Everything I've heard about Dave Ramsey is is that he definitely uses his religion spin on everything. And and I say that because the textbook that, that he's now has out there in which they are talking about approving in October starts out with Bible verses. Oh my. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what the connection is to the financial literacy. And that's what that mom was saying was what's the point of the Bible verses. If we have a standard that says you need that, that you get a paycheck 
<laughs> yeah, it sounds like, um, you know, a board of school board who's, you know, I'm not, I can't say it. I can't even think about it. It makes me sick. It's crazy. Okay. How are we allowing that? Well, we're Go ahead, Miss Blake. I know you're like chomping at the bit on this I, one. I, I, I'm sorry. I want to know what part we're objecting to here. At the religious part, you know me. Yes. Of course it's the religious part. So we're, we're objecting to having verses thought, from the Bible. Yeah, isn't that? Okay. Right, okay. Yeah, I, know, and, I know where you're going. No, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. This. She's going to be like, well, go ahead. Let her go there. Go. Literature. Go. And what about when we study it in history? I get no, that. That's, oh, actually, I'm not where I was going with that. I just wanted to make sure that we were objecting to that. And not like the content. Uh, I've actually read several of his books. I have. I used to listen to his radio show. Okay. I oh, you know, so I you're in the know. podcast. I know all about his methods. Um, I agree okay. with some parts. I disagree with some parts. Um, but as far as you know, and some of it's solid. You know, I, I think this is a situation where you don't want to you don't want to discount the good parts. I mean, there's good stuff there. I, I agree. I think that a school, a public school is not the place to have a textbook that starts off with a verse from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for no other reason, but if it was any other religious text, everyone would be up in arms about it. And I think that once you adopt a book that uses excerpts from the Bible, I think you open yourself up for challenges from other religions and yeah it's you know, a slippery too. slope yeah and, and and i and i fully support that because i think if you're going to have one you should allow the other two all of them okay um, so it's an interesting choice that, though of materials okay so let me just say this about this book uh besides it being by written by ramsey his book was on the state's not recommended list for k-12 through social studies Okay, oh. sounds fair enough, right? That yeah, change this year, just as law signed into 2022 by Governor DeSantis, took effect requiring incoming high school freshmen to take a half credit in financial literacy. Mm. He now has the only textbook that is approved to be used at the honors level course for financial literacy. Ay, ay, ay. There's a problem with that. There is a problem with that, and it sounds fishy because Rhonda is involved. And money is involved. I I was going to say, it sounds like there's some money-making moves around. I just wanted to real quick, I mean, we know this is crazy, but real quick, I I looked him up. He's worth $55 million. He's not poor. Um, He's not poor. He calls himself, it says, Ramsey is an evangelical Christian who describes himself as conservative, both fiscally and culturally. He's blamed politics for what he considers Americans' economic dependence and has said to the president should do as little as possible about the economy. So, yeah, it says he's evangelical. Okay. Um, I know that Gary has... Uh, watched him on something because he's talked about him before. Uh, I don't know anything about him, so I can't add anything, but I don't think we should be touting the Bible on the first page of textbooks at public school. Let me just throw one other thing in there about the tentacles and how those unintended consequences, maybe it's intended, I'm being naive. Uh, (laughs) Florida has also given the green light for teachers to show 
free online videos from a company called PragerU, a media company also headed by the right-wing radio host, Dennis Prager, who says his videos aim to indoctrinate, in quotation marks, children with Judeo-Christian beliefs. Holy tamales. Oh, they're bad. This this sounds like another episode. Wait, what's happening? Who is Uh, this person yeah, I think that we need to come back to this one because there's a lot there. Yeah, let's save this for another episode. That's no, like it does say research. It does say that Pasco seems to be the only ones that that are considering the Ramsey text, but that doesn't mean it's not like there's an, there's a door that's again once hey open. education right. baby we got the door wide open for you yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have to do us a favor, Sarah. I think I've heard of this thing like you can do like. Something on Google where you'll get an alert, like mm-hmm. if they talk about it in the news again, so you can keep mm-hmm. us posted how that sure. goes. Like perhaps okay. if they they if they pass that rule that book through or not, that'd be interesting to find mm-hmm. out. Um, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, a lot for our so listeners many, to think about too. I have so many more questions now, though. Like I am just. <laughs> well, go ahead, but can we answer no. them? I don't think so. No, I don't. Think I mean, it's... I'm just wondering. What were the other books that were submitted? Because I, when when we, we get a to book, Blake. when we get a book that is to be considered for adoption in a district, that it comes from a list from the state of approved mm-hmm. books, and mm-hmm. the state has a list of criteria that they use um, for deciding which books are approved in the state of Florida. Is so, one of the criteria that that Rhonda's friend wrote the book? Well, <laughs> first of all, I don't know that they're friends. Um, and second of all, well, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> anyway, remember fun facts and unfacts. There's um, but it, it comes from an approval. So one of my questions is, I, I mean, what was their criteria for deciding whether it, um, you know, met the approval? Like for example, I know that on the for English language arts one of the requirements was that there had to be an online component to the program. Mm-hmm. So any textbook publisher whose, you know, textbook series did not have an online piece could not be considered by any district in the state of Florida um, mm-hmm. for adoption in that district. Huh. So I'm just kind of wondering then, like, like I said, was what else one, was there? What else was there? And what was the criteria that they used? And what did this program have? that the others didn't and the answer is not the bible verses okay <laughs> uh, i'm gonna say that somebody called them up and said hey we're in education we have money do you want to use it <laughs> so i don't know like that's a question i have um i'm a little i'm curious oh. about i can guess what the content of the book is because i'm familiar with you with know his person. principles yeah right um but i i also think that again we're talking about a course that Everybody, for some reason, is thinking that if we have a financial literacy course, exactly. or aren't they freshmen when they take this? They are. I don't know. Um, it said here. It, it said here that group. that this year's ninth graders have to take it somewhere in okay, their years. Yeah. Some okay, schools, so I, it says here, are looking at them being sophomores or even juniors. Poor things, juniors. They got so much on them. I'm uh, just going to say that yeah, in ahead. the state of Florida. For, you know, since, you know, we had public schools that they teach abstinence only. 
in sex yeah. education. And I'm just going to say that even though teen pregnancy rates have dropped, um, we have not eliminated it um, through public schools. And so the people who think that a financial literacy class is somehow going to end student loans and mm -hmm. end bankruptcy, and we're suddenly going to have people who don't need to rely on public assistance. Save the right. economy. Right. They're full of it. Like, yes. Yeah. So, that's uh, however, I, I, I get you, Miss Blake. Like, that's a big reach. Um, but I think that our kids, all kids, need to have some sort of financial literacy. Absolutely. I wasn't taught anything in school or by my parents, so I okay. have to figure it out. Yeah, um, and I, unfortunately, I'm good at it. Yeah, you're What's proving that? the point. I'm proving you didn't your learn point. it in school. I didn't learn it in school. I didn't <laughs> learn it at home. I didn't learn it in school. I had one debt, credit card debt that scared the shit out of me, and I figured it out. Um, anyways, uh, that could be a, uh, an assignment for our research team when we hire them, because we're going to need them to because this is a lot Over of information. <laughs> right. Um, and we can hand that off to somebody. Somebody named, what was that name? Dudley. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll have a research assistant named Dudley before long. Um, that's an inside joke. Anyways, listeners, uh, this is the point where we talk about like fun stuff or crazy stuff that might have happened this week. And um, who's going to go first? Not me. I'll go first. All right. Okay. I don't know if this is fun, but I had an opportunity this week to meet with a parent. And uh, the parent was just really concerned about her child's um, you know, how, whether or not this kid is going to be able to graduate. Um, kids, not even anywhere near graduation yet, but I was going to say, don't you have ninth and 10th yeah. graders? Um, no, um, oh. but this, this kid is nowhere near ready to graduate, but it was a great conversation that we had. But my big takeaway is that first of all, she was very clear with me that she wants to be in the schools volunteering and she said not just my kids any kid because I believe this is so important and I just love it when parents um advocate for their kids and it's oh, kind of yeah, refreshing to, to see that happen especially I will add um you know it's an immigrant family so yeah. it's even um it's even more fulfilling I guess I don't know it's mm -hmm. great to see that to see um that not everyone is the stereotype that we have in our heads, but I love it when they advocate for their kids. Yeah, I, awesome. I love when I get parents who, we don't, you know, I teach 12th grade. I think by 12th grade, parents are like, oh, I can hardly stand you in my house anymore. Go to school. Um, <laughs> so, you know, at a, in a teenager way. Um, but I, so I don't have very much parent involvement. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've spoken to one parent yet this year. So, uh -huh. which is probably sad. I should call them when they do good things. Um, anyway, yeah, well, that's great. I'm you. glad yeah. that you have, it sounds like you have some good kids in your service or whatever it is you call that. You're teaching your, your group. Uh, what do you have, Miss Rodriguez? I'm trying to think, uh, we have, uh, I think there's more of like a, a low level, maybe high level, not sure, uh, of anxiety, a little anxiety happening in the classroom right now because we have big tests coming up. Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's a it's a delicate dance that we dance every day that doesn't <laughs> somebody lose their shit on uh you know there's a lot of pressure there so there is a lot that's of pressure. all you know there's a lot of uh you know i leave them alone and like okay 
No problem, kid. Yeah, they're uh, uh, they're stressed. They don't yeah. think they try to come across like they don't think we know they're stressed. They're exactly. Like, I got this and this. This is nothing. Yeah, uh, no, but they're no. worried. Um, I kind of have a funny story, and I don't know if some people will think this is funny or not, but I have the best first period. I have two periods, uh, one and two. Like when I have my kids, I have them for two periods, the block. So you get to know your kids really well when you have them for an hour and a half every day, and you get to know them quickly. And we talk about stuff that's funny all the time. We talk about stuff that's serious all the time. They're just a great bunch of kids, and I love hanging out with them in the morning. So I was telling them one day, I don't know where this came from, but we were talking about fat shaming. And I know it has nothing to do with language arts, but it came up. So I brought up the story. I was like, oh, yeah, one time I was fat shamed on an airplane. And they were horrified. They couldn't believe, you know, that would happen. And I told them a little bit about the story. And then at the end, somebody says, so what did you say to him? I said, I said something. And they said, what did you say to him? And I said, I just looked at him and I told him, I hope he has fat daughters. And I walked away. Well, for some reason, my kids think that's the funniest thing they have ever heard in their life. And it's become their thing now. They're using it as an attack on each other. Like, like, not like, I hope you get a flat tire on the way home. Hey, I hope you have fat daughters. And I'm like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And now they want me to, are you ready for it? They want me to make merch that says that and sell it out of my classroom and make a fortune. <laughs> Are they not the funniest kids you have ever They're seen in hysterical. your life? They're hysterical. So, um, I hope you have fat daughters. Apparently, in 12th grade, it's the best insult for anyone. It's an insult, baby. Uh, it's an it insult. It was great. It's great. So that's my funny story. Um, yeah, that's enough. That was great. I hope others awesome. found that funny, too. And yeah. that will wrap us up for today. We uh, we have no idea, ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about next week until just about next week. So that's why we don't end it with like, next week we'll talk about this because we have no idea. It just comes to us in the middle of the week. If you have suggestions, however, I think you should mm -hmm. send them to us at... Oh, shit. <laughs> Today's Florida Let's try this again. At Gmail. Yeah, we lost the um, Tracy O'Malley one. So it's, it's Today's Florida Teacher at Gmail and also Today's Florida Teacher at Instagram. So reach out to us. If you have ideas and things you want us to talk about, we'd love to do that. I think that'd be great. Now I hear the echo. Now I hear the echo. Yeah, I hear it too. And it's yeah. raining. The end of this is kind of a mess. Anyway, please uh, just talk about us, whether you like us, whether you hate us, talk about us. We're just giving you the truth about what's happening in Florida schools. And I always say, if you want to be a teacher, be a teacher, just fix Yay. it. Fix the fix yes. the profession. And Miss Meredith Blake, anything from you to give us nope. insight on? Nope. <laughs> 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 All right, so ladies and ladies and listeners, have a great week and do your best at doing your best. Thank you. Bye. Bye.